Ladies and gentlemen, good evening boxing and MMA fans from around the world. Introducing from Bassett, California, the third man in the ring, Popeye Ray. Hey, welcome to Third Man in the Ring. I'm your host, Popeye Ray. Today I got an interview that's close to my heart. Uh, this man is almost like a father figure to me, which you know I didn't have any father. Uh, he's been called the guru of boxing. He's known all over the world. I want you to give him a good, warm welcome, Mr. Ben Lira. Ben, how you doing, man? man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for coming Thank on. You. So, Ben, I mean, uh, I'm a little nervous, fans, interviewing. Uh, <laughs> this man is just, he's had many contenders. He, he's helped a lot of gang members in California. He's helped kids right here at the South Del Monte Boxing Gym. But let, let's just start, Ben, is where did you grow up at? Where did you grow up at? I grew up in Santa Paula, which Santa Paula. is up in the Ventura County area. Yeah. Uh, and uh, actually we started, I started training because my brother wanted to be a pro yeah. fighter or a fighter. And- uh, Your brother Al Lira, right? Al Lira. And so, uh, you know, I started getting into the game a little bit yeah. and I'm like, 12 years old and that so you know it uh there was not a lot of activity in santa paula and the venture at that time now obviously it's you know and what era was this what year was this this was in the um early 60s early 60s yeah right. i mean when i was up there was in my 50s during the 50s because i graduated out of, out of high school out of santa paula in 50s. santa paula was a lot of farming back then no yes all there was uh, yeah. lemons and oranges and yeah yeah Avocados and there you go. like that, yeah, yeah. So where, where did boxing come into then? So then, you know, like I said, my brother Al wanted to fight. Um, he found a gym in Van Nuys, used to go there, took me with him. And that uh, still was a little drive, no? Yeah, no, it was a drive. Right? Oh. I mean, it was quite a deal because Santa Paula had nothing. Oh, okay. So and as time went on, and then I started getting involved a little more. He started getting me into, you yeah. know, wanting to get into the kid boxing stuff. Um, we went to the recreation there in Santa Paula, and then he sort of kind of used that as uh, the beginning gym of my career. That oh, is okay. anyway, more important. So uh, anyway, that after that led to going, uh, you know, fighting amateur fights there, outside of there, uh, until I graduated out of high school, and then went into the service. And now, mind you, a veteran. Today's Veteran Days, guys. Even though this won't be dropped for another couple of weeks, happy Veterans Day to, to Ben Lira and all the veterans out there. And, and, and you know what? Ben Lira fought for the United States Army. You actually made the team, right? I ben? made the U.S. team, U.S. Army team. There you go, experience, guys. And so, you know, of course, I had, the bless I had to have the blessing from my brother. Oh, okay. That once I got in there and then they said, hey, we see you won junior golden gloves here and there, three years in a row. Uh, you've been, wow. yeah, and, and so you got a little boxing in you and stuff like that. So one thing led to another. And then I says, would you like to try out for our boxing team? And it first starts with division, uh, just uh, your, where your company is, company competition. So you actually have to try out for the team? Yeah, you do, yeah, you do. And then, then they start, you know, you start getting fit into inner service competition, which would be obviously the Navy, the 
you know, the Marines and that, so they sort of compete with each other. Mm, but okay. um, you did have local stuff there in Washington, the local clubs there. So you went to the shows there, even though you were in the service. But, uh, well, once I got that approved, then I started getting in more involved and, and the, comp the competition obviously yeah. got a little greater and a little more uh, uh, competitive. But they said, do you want to try for the uh, Army team? Why not? Yeah, Let's yeah. try this. So, Was there a war going on at this it. time? Pardon? Was there a war Korea. going on? What, what war was that? Korea. The Korea War, yeah. yeah. The conflict, when they had the conflict. With yeah, Korea. yeah. And actually, I was supposed to be sent there, but I ended up being that I won the, I mean, made the team. Yeah. I became like what you call uh, special services. Like if you're in music or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So now you are in a team. So, and then they're competing in the team. So I guess that yeah. puts you in a different status. So then I started competing, but mainly as in the boxing part of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So moving forward, you get out of the military, then what? Then I come home and then uh, I feel like I, uh, I want to follow up on my career and, and I maybe turn professional. So, and who was your trainer? My brother. Al Lear was the trainer there. And then Al had moved to La Habra. And so, lo and behold, guess where I'm going to go? La Habra. La Habra. That's and right. then from La Habra now to Whittier, and I'm in South Almonte. Yeah. And, and there's history here, guys. History yeah. here. So how did the professional career go? It went okay. Um, I mean, nothing great. Uh, three losses, 11 wins. And what weight did you fight at? As a featherweight. Featherweight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was difficult because, you know, at that time, either you belong, not as much as it is now, maybe, you know, but that it started already, you know, that managers and promoters sort of kind of always had that control. Yeah. So if you don't belong to a top manager or something like that, maybe you fight once in a while. And if you do, you're going to be an opponent. So you're going to. Okay. So, so in other words, the Lyra name wasn't actually known yet, right? No, no, not no, at all. Lira, not the way it is known now. Yeah. Ben Lyra and Al Lyra, his brother, they're, they're known all over the world. Uh, uh, mostly Ben. I, I, he trains fighters from out of the country, trains fighters in the United States. Um, so, so then you, you get out of the pro boxing. What did you start saying? I mean, what was it like? I'm going to start training fighters. Was that just automatic or... Or I, you thought I don't about think it so. first? No, no, I wasn't. Um, I stopped because I just, you know, like I said, the, the, the politics in boxing, you know, was then and is now. Oh, yeah. um, so that, it was. That's like, another story, no? Yeah, right. The politics. The politics in boxing is like, you're not going to, you know, you either belong to somebody and, and then, you know, I had a hard nosed brother that says, no, you're not going to be with this. Yeah. management group or those they're going to try to use you so anyway it became difficult but so said but uh after that i stopped and then i started training here and there uh so when i moved to almani actually now it's south almani uh i opened a gym in almani that was like in 78 and then well that went on uh that you start getting into the activity. You start getting into training here, this one and that one. Um, and what got me really interested was then I had a kid that 
started, that was from Santa Paula, whose name was Lupe Aquino. He's Lupe 14 Aquino. years old. He comes over and he starts the training. I'm working for UPS. I mean, yes, for UPS. But I said, I thought at that time, and it did happen, this kid's going to be champion of the world. I think this guy can be a champion. He's got all the qualities. So, lo and behold, I left UPS. And then, you know, got a job here, got a job there, but everything went well. I yeah. mean, so-so. But I still kept the activity with the boxers. And then one came, the other one, then another one. And, and obviously you started now into kind of managing now, besides just, just being a trainer, now you're going to be a manager. Because now you're the one that's going to be making the fights for Yeah, yeah. So we did pretty well going to Vegas and then... And what weight did Lupe Griff. fight at? 47. 147. Yeah. Great action-packed fighter. You guys, are, I'm hoping there's, on YouTube, you can look up Lupe Aquino's fights. But yeah, ben, Ben's the one that raised them. And, uh, but real quick, Ben, I just want to tell you where I came in as, as a young, troubled kid. Uh, and, and I don't take it hurtful, but again, Ben has helped a lot of gang members from the San Gabriel Valley. When we come to the gym, he would put his foot down. You know, you're not going to be getting into this gang stuff here. You want to come here, you're going to fight. Here's a quick story, and you probably don't remember, I was talking to your son, Richard. Richard Lira, who was a good fighter himself. Gabe Lira was another good fighter, his other son. May he rest in peace, he went home to be with the Lord already. But um, I was 12 years old, and uh, my mom had kicked me out. And um, I came to the gym, because I had nowhere to go. And it was Richard. That, that told me, you know what, Ray, I know you got nowhere to go, just come home with me. And I asked him, well, what's your dad gonna say? He goes, just come. And I remember I was sitting on your doorstep, Ben, and, um, and Ben, you know, Ben was rough. He goes, are you coming in or not? I came in, I ate, I slept, and, and, and never, you know, I thank you for that, Ben. And, you know, it, it really touched my heart because he didn't question me. I knew he knew what I was going through, but I left at six in the morning. I got arrested that night. That's a whole nother story. But every time I got out, Ben was always there. You know, he always gave me that love, that discipline, and not just me, many gang members, you know, but uh, that's just my quick little story that I just wanted to acknowledge, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. But go moving on to the fights now, you've had many contenders, many top prospects. I mean, what do you see in these fighters that, that, that tells you, you know what, this kid has it? We all know it's discipline, but what do you see as a trainer? Um, you know, you look at it in both ways. You look at it in a way that you know they're looking for some. You, they're, looking for, they're looking for help. And, and we're not all educated. And we all didn't come from this and that. Right, whether yeah. we're here or there, our families are here or there. Um, so, be that said, you know your trade or you know what you can do as far as developing yeah. someone along and improving them or giving them some guidance. And, and that guidance comes in different ways. That guidance comes in not only in the boxing thing, but the fact that they're going to learn that discipline. And you're like, like we said, is the discipline and the dedication and stuff that deal to 
take away those other things that can go wrong for them. So by guiding them along, whether you believe it's going to prosperous to something that maybe they didn't expect, only time is going to tell that. Yeah. But besides that, as you said, in there, in, in that certain time, you can see the qualities, you can see the, the how do I, you want to put it, the, what they're, what the want, God given the want, the them. ganas, whatever. No, that God has given them, whether it gives you superpower, you're a very, you know, heavy handed kid, or you're, you've got good instincts, you're very athletic, so, whatever's gonna follow into that. So, not like me? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's gonna follow into that. So, being that you, that separates this one from that one yeah. to know that he can go a little further. And so you, you can't, you can't lie to him. You can't cheat him. You can't make him think that, that they have the capability of going to a certain level because you, deep inside you're saying, yeah, but he can only be so, so good. So yeah, you were you being were nice to me? <laughs> and I was being nice. But what you did do is kind of give him a reverse idea yeah. of what they want for themselves. And, and, and you're going to guide them. So other than that, the rest of it going, and I used to always say that, they say, why do you take those certain guys? And I'd say, because they're lost. That was me. Those are the guys that are lost. Even though you might not be one of these, you know, working in, uh, how do I say, disciplining deals or, or you're uh, dealing with courts. No, no. Uh, it's just the fact that you could see that, you know, there was a need. Yeah. So you sort of kind of fill that need, whatever came out of it. And of course, if you know the game and you've got experience in the game, you, you're capable of helping them. Uh, other than that, uh, what comes out comes out. But what I like to think, what I like to say more about Ben is even though he's trained top fighters in the world and world champions, I let, he still would train the kids. He still trained that kid that come in that just wants to learn to defend himself. And that was me. I had no footwork. I remember when I was trying to fight, if I didn't get my weight down, Ben wouldn't even let me fight. But yet when I would spar, he would be there to talk to me, to school me. And, you know, then I thought I'd go somewhere. But Ben obviously seeing this kid ain't going to go nowhere. You know, he's got... To, uh, you know, feet that can't match with his hands, you know. But with that said, he's always shown love for the kids. You know, to this day, 2023, he still teaches and trains the kids. South Almani Boxing Gym had numerous fighters, uh, top contenders. L let's talk a little bit about that, Ben. Over the years, throw out some names that you've worked with. I, I, I actually know you've worked with Annie Ruiz. Um, uh, Jojo Diaz. Jojo Diaz was pretty much raised by Ben. You know what I mean? But tell us about other other fighters. You yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. Like you said, they, it just it's, you have one of the top girl fighters in the amateurs back in the nineties. Yes, remember Linda, you took him. Linda Carrillo. Carrillo. Linda Carrillo. Carrillo. Addie Avalos and one of the officials is Christy Rosario. There you go. That if you look back into the start of amateur boxing, I believe that we were the first, Linda Carrillo yes. became the first amateur 
amateur girl to actually compete. Not that it took a while for us to be fighting the issue with females boxing in yeah. amateur, as the amateurs. The pros, you had it many years back. Yeah. But the females didn't start. Till, they didn't acknowledge it until then. They didn't acknowledge it. And so we sort of kind of have to follow, you know, play into the legislation part of it. They're saying, hey, what would be, the, what, what is the reason for that? And so, of course, I had a young lady that was very determined, Linda Carrillo, and she kind of pushed the issue to say, no, Ben, we got we to gotta talk to USA Boxing. We got to keep hit, knocking on the door and so that we can be able to compete just like the boys do. Yeah. Uh, so then as we went on and on with that, we finally got that done. So they Christy was it. after or same time? Yeah. Around after, but a little after. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the pioneer is Linda Carrillo, obviously. Yes. And yeah. then Addy Avalos. And then they Addy. There you yeah. go, Addy. They were the pioneers. Addy. They started there. In fact, I was, just happened to run into one of those Everlast competition things that used to start before the a USA Boxing and everything. Everlast had competition many years back, like in 98 and stuff. Um, yeah, in 98, 97. Um, and it's got a bio on Linda and it just shows all her achievements because we won yeah. everything that was out there to win. Actually going to the first World Cup in Finland where she won. So you the, went to the world level. I went to the world level with, we with the girls. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was the first year was in, I believe in 98 yeah. where they approved and put the countries together to compete worldwide. And, and which the, I believe the first event was in 98, and it was in Finland. Uh, obviously, all countries weren't approving of it, so we didn't get a full big load of different countries. Mexico didn't allow it. China didn't allow it. So there was, there was a few big, strong countries that just, just wasn't something that they wanted to approve on, wanted to be involved in. So ended up that Linda won, not only won her gold medal, but she became the out, she was the outstanding boxer. boxer. I remember that. Of, I remember that of that World Cup. We re went back to it again the following year, and she did it again. And you so, have a female boxer right now, no? Yes, I do. What's her name? Uh, Gabriela Fondora. And is she going to be fighting soon? She have anything she's coming probably, up? Or? Well, she just won a world title. Oh, okay. So uh, she's. Um, She's a 112-pound IBF champion of the world. And you worked with the female fighter from Mexico? And before I worked at, the first one that I professionally was Mariana Juarez. Mariana Juarez, Mariana yeah. Juarez came in 2000, around that, 2001. She stayed, he moved over here and for five years. Actually, she lived at home with me. Um, and then, lo and behold, we went to South Korea and won a world title there. Yeah. And then she boxed here, a lot, some of the, a lot of fights with Golden Boy Promotions. Yeah. And I think I was at her last fight. Yeah. Her last fight. Yeah. But then she went back to Mexico and she continued that career there. Yeah. Uh, she wanted to be back with the family. Exciting because, fighter. Exciting fighter. Because yeah. in those five years, she, she had never gone home. So no. she missed mom, yeah. dad, yeah. family. So eventually, now I'm champion. I can, you know, go home. Then you so come back and get ready. What other names have you worked with in in, in the pros, the the fighters? Wow. Because I, on another note, Ben Lear is a cut man as well. I mean, I know I'm jumping around, but do you remember the Jojo Diaz fight? I've never, 
and I'm not blowing smoke. I've never seen a cut that bad. What? Who did he fight that time? When, uh, when you, uh, farmer. Yeah, he fought farmer. Remember, look at look at it up on YouTube, guys. The farmer Jojo Diaz. That cut, I never seen a cut that bad. And you know what? You could clearly see Bendon panic, and he stopped that cut from bleeding. He stopped that cut from from that fight being called. Uh, man, that was crazy. All the cut guys were in envy that time, you know. But who are the other fighters you worked with, Ben? Uh, obviously, there's a lot. Being that I went with when Abel opened Big Bear. Abel Garcia, uh, Abel Sanchez, Sanchez. Open Big Bear. He said, okay, you know, maybe you could come by. I mean, come up here and start helping and working with the guys, obviously, you know, uh, as as uh, assistant to me. And that reason why is because I started Abel Sanchez. That's right. Abel Sanchez started when he was like 19 years old. We had a gym, that gym that we had in here in El Monte. That's where he started. He actually used to kickbox and then, and then he, we tried the amateur part of the boxing, but his, you know, that nose, you can't miss. So <laughs> being that you can't miss that nose, yeah. you've got a lot of, you got a lot of uh, blood work to do. Thank you to HCC Construction on Ontario, California. Uh, they're a national leader in commercial construction with a proven track record of expertise in cold storage solutions and epoxy flooring. Their team works closely with you to efficiently meet all compliance standards while maintaining budget commitments and completing projects on time. HCC Construction works with Fortune 500 companies and small businesses throughout the country in the areas of steel stud framing, refrigeration panels, dock doors, comprehensive drain systems, fire sprinklers, block walls, and much more. For bids, quotes, or a free con consultation, call 909 626-0214 or visit their website at www.hdconstruction.com. Ralph Sarabia and his wife Jody Sarabia are the founders of Putazos. They started Putazos to reach the veteran community who is currently losing 22 vets a day to suicide. Ralph and his uh, unit 2nd Battalion 5th Marines lost over 15 guys while serving in Iraq. He wanted to share with you that whether you fight physical or mental battles, it ain't over yet. With that said, Putazos has developed high-end boxing gloves that have been approved by State Athletic Commission to be in pro fights. If you want a boxing glove that's inspired by patronism and is battle-tested, check, check them out at putazosfightapparel.com. And just keep in mind that a portion of Putazos proceeds will go to the Semper Fi Fund, which helps wounded warriors. Also, we wanna give another shout out to Valley Mission Builders. Valley Mission Builders is a general building company with over three generations of construction experience. They specialize in all phases of home construction, new home building, remodeling, room additions, and ADU and guest units. They can assist with planning and designing to complete, to complete construction. They service the greater Los Angeles area and Ventura counties, including the San Fernando Valley. Give Valley Mission Builders a call for a free consultation. And, and this is why you would see you would see Ben in the corner with Triple G. You yes. did a lot of Triple G. Uh, I, I, done, I did Triple G from the day he came back, yeah. when he came into this country. In other words. So Great big. fighter in his own right, you know? Great fighter in his own right. Who, who other, what other fighters? And then from there, I went, every fighter that went up there. Yeah. Gasaiv, whoever it was that was going to train him big, because then I sort of kind of made 
the back and forth, the back and forth uh, traveling of being in Big Bear in the morning and coming back to the gym in the evening. But even then, uh, even before that, uh, you know, I had Nick Martinez, who was a junior middleweight that started when came in like when he first started at. 215, 210, 215. With an awesome jab, mind you. Yeah, taught by, taught by your experience because he came out of Bassett and you were working out of Bassett and you opened his gym in Bassett. And Can I tell him that quick story? Go, go tell this him. Is, so I had a gym in Bassett back in 90s and I had Nick Martinez. Just for his first two fights, he did great. But uh, this is, I, I credit you for that, Ben. I didn't know where to go anymore with, with Nick. I, I didn't have the knowledge that I knew Ben had. So I told Nick, you know what? I, I, I can't do nothing with you no more. I don't know what to teach you anymore. You're even beyond me. So I go, you know what? Can I take you to Ben Lira? This guy is a knowledgeable man. He's a knowledgeable trainer. Can you, can you, uh, you know, you'll have to obviously spar for him and audition for him. You know, that's what I call it, audition. So here's the funny story. Chavez Sr., Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. used to do this crazy jab where sometimes he'd step. So me <laughs> thinking, and this is where I'm, I'm not a trainer, I can apply this and, and try to get my fighters, Nick, to do this. So anyways, Ben comes, all right, you know, I'll check him out. So Nick spars, this guy's a bull. This guy's a bull. If you guys know Nick Martin, he's a bull. You hit him twice, he... He's going to come back at He's you. He's going to come back at you hard. Anyway, so he auditions for him. He goes to throw this jab and picks up his foot. And Ben, what the F is that? And me, all proud, I, I taught him that, Ben. But like, get the, if I ever catch you do that jab again, man, you're out of here, man. But I guess you had to be there. But, I mean, that was just totally embarrassing to me. But anyways, he took Ben to the top of the game. Unfortunately, Ben had, I mean, uh. Nick had an eye damage and his career ended, but why was Nick so, so good, Ben? What, what, and, and mind you, Ben, uh, Nick grew up in my neighborhood, Bassett, that's where he was from, but he was, uh, he was a tough cookie, man. And why, Ben? What, and, and, and again, it's the same thing, right? You take a kid that has certain qualities, but yet is in the wrong environment. So the wrong environment, not only in whether you're gonna, has like somebody that can really kind of improve him or knows, the co-teaching of boxing, you know, those things all have to fall in to a certain point. But that, you know, he left, a, he liked that out street life. Yeah. And he, I knew that as I got to know more about him, I knew that he's going to go that way, totally go that way. But yet he has so many qualities as far as determination, super strong, but more important, so such a determination about you're not going to beat him. He's not going to get beaten. He won't allow himself to get beat. And right there, that was pretty much like um, point. If you went from one to ten, it, you're an eight. And, but you need other qualities. And let me quote you on on this. I remember one time you had said, "Nick is a great listener." And you tell him to do something, he doesn't question it. And, and the other part was, he actually had, you know, he, he, he accepted anything that he thought was going to work for him. Totally. Because you have to accept that. No matter where, you, you know, whoever you're working with, 
chemistry is everything. Yeah. They got to believe in you. I was at a goal there too right now, yeah. Yeah, you got to believe in them. And so when you get an individual like that, you, you, and again, we're, he's searching for something better. Wow. And, and what else other than that he knows but the fight? So now you give him the right ingredients and you might have something special. And that was Nick Martinez. Because when he started, even as an amateur, right? Well, he had two left feet. And they really, even USA Boxing didn't really <laughs> approve of him, right? Yeah. Because they saw the, excuse the word, but the ghetto in him, maybe? The ghetto gangster, yeah. Yeah, that you're the gangster kid, you're the street fighting kid. I'm afraid of you because if I say so, you might want to hit me, you know? So you, you, you had that feeling on that, right? So they really kind of not, were, he wasn't approved by yeah. the main choice. In fact, I want to tell you a little story one time that I think we fought in San Diego, it was, but it was in a tournament and or Golden Gloves. But he got robbed, actually. I was there. I okay. was there. So obviously he's going to be steaming. Yes. I might be steaming, but, you know, I got to deal with the professionalism. Yes. I got to deal with the fact that we're doing it. But here I got a guy, the kid that, you know, comes from the street and he rebels. And so he's stomping. And I said to him after the, in between the one, the one of the bouts, I said, go thank every official out there. Walk over um, and say, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Show that, you know, that you're not the kid that they believe you yeah. or they think you are. Prove them wrong. Yeah. Prove them wrong. Show that you do have discipline in what you do. So go out there and do that. And he, he kind of nodded on that one for about three minutes. Like saying, really? You want me to do that, Ben? Yes, I do. I want you to go out there and I want you to thank those judges. Even though you... You Clearly and I got robbed, yeah. it was totally wrong. No, I, I, I seen that too. But, but you're going to have to show that because that's what's going to change your life, what your direction of where you're going and what things will happen as they go along. And you have to know that you just don't rebel on it. Yeah. So he went and did it. And after that, we, like I said, we turned professional and but you, you fought real quick. He fought, um, in the amateurs, he fought uh, the light heavyweight. What was his name? We actually went in there, Ray, and we couldn't enter the nationals because he only had four amateur bouts. Yeah. I know you gave him two. <laughs> and yeah. he did well. But we needed to have five at that time yeah, to, beat to compete into national competition. So Melanie Lay was in charge of all that. And I said, what do we need to do? She goes, you got to have five fights. So I think we got him a fight in San Diego. Then he won, came back from that, that event, signed your fill on the, the application, and let's try the Nationals in Colorado. And here goes a kid with only five amateur fights to compete national. Actually, we won the district. We won yeah. the, the qualifications to go to the Nationals, but just to enter it. So, and then he ends up going to the Nationals, and we go up there to the only. And lo and behold, he's at the weigh-ins, and... And he's lined up, and I remember them saying, do you know who's in your division, light heavyweight? Yeah. Anton Tarver. Anton Tarver, yeah. And, 
Anthony Stewart, which is the top amateurs in the country. And he said, well, do they know who Nick Martinez is? And that's what's his mentality. That, do you know who I am? I guess they don't. And he ends up going to the semifinals to fight Stewart to get stopped because he had a cut in his lip. Cut. And other than that, we would have fought Tarver in the finals. Yeah. One of the best light heavyweights in the country. In the country. For you. In the, in, and for turned USA. out to be a top, top in the world he as was a pro. Totally. Yeah. But yet you could see how far this young man went. To prove that, again, if you give him those opportunities and you have, and that's why I do what I do, because you never know. And but at least you gave him some guidance, some dedication, determine what they want to do, show them that they could, they could go even further than where they're at. Uh, you know, it's a help to them. And it satisfies me as far as the passion I have for the yeah. game. And he, and Ben, uh, and jumping ahead, Nick turned out to be an awesome, exciting pro fighter. You uh, took him, what, 15, 16 fights? Yeah, 19. So, so when he got that detached retina or the eye damage, I don't know exactly what part of it. He had a superior oblique nerve damage. So in your heart, Ben, now after the fact, did you know it was over? Yes. And yes. that's... So nobody, ben even though we send them to different specialists, yeah. Ray, uh, but the final, yeah, what, you know, the, the, the final thing about it was we can repair it, but it will probably will, will reappear again or it will happen again. And he... He begged to keep fighting, and he I remember. he begged to keep fighting. He begged to keep fighting, but he just, no. You're not going to damage, lose your eye for something that you still have. There's still a lot of life, a lot of things that you can do and just keep on going doing what and, you're doing. And this, fans, this is where me as a professional, this is Ray Corona saying this, this is my opinion. I've seen trainers put their kid in fights that are damaged. That says a lot about that individual. This is why now... Ben Lira, I brought my son, Adrian Corona, to Ben because I know in my heart, I know that Ben will say, when it's over, it's over. And I want, I'm not going to be any part of your career if you continue. And you know what? That says a lot because Nick, Nick Martinez Toro was on a rise at the time. Oh, yeah. He was on a rise. He was an exciting fighter. The ghetto in him, in my opinion, Ben, because of his ghetto barrio, barrio mentality, it made him that much more attractive, almost like Jaws, Alex Garcia. Right. You know, he, they had the same thing. And you yes. know what Ben said? That's it. No, you're done. And, and you know what? That says a lot about Ben Lira, you know? And, and now let's jump ahead. You have Jojo, Gar Jojo Diaz. You had uh, John John Molina. You took these guys to the top. For whatever reason, that's another story. They, they decided to leave, but... Did they have that same drive? Oh, yes. Yes. John, John. You know, they're just kind of manipulated in a way. It's ugly and, business, Ben. Yes. And so that's the, how do I say, that's, that's the, how do you say, the, the, the bad side of the boxing world? Yeah. Huh? That they can be manipulated and, and it's all about the money part of it. Yeah. That they... You know, they've never, they've never had been in those situations of where I'm pretty comfortable. I can make more. 
I can have better things and I can do them. But, you know, my whole thing was as long as you do them right, as long as you do them. And, and with me, it's more of the experience that I have that I can sort of kind of see and feel when you can only go so far. And yeah. if you have, and if you're not properly directed, it's not going to be good for you. And, and in the 50 years, I'm 82 years old, in the 50 years or 55 years in this business, you pretty much have seen guys that have certain qualities in them, but can only go so far because they need other qualities. Whatever those qualities are, they're going to need them. And if I, in my, just in what my experience of seeing them, sort of can have an idea that they'll be able to do this or not, or it's going to be super difficult for yeah. them as they go through there. And, 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 and you got to remember that they still have to live after boxing. They still have to survive after uh, boxing. Again, that, that's a caring yeah. trainer. Yeah. They, you know, they, you know, they're going to have families they're, they're You know, they're going to have to care for them, but, but if they don't have that stability and all that to follow up afterwards, they fall. They're going to go back to how they started. And so to prevent that or to say, you know, um, you know, Mora, when I had this kid, Mora, uh, that I, uh, uh, Francisco Mora, mm -hmm. and we go four, four, five and no, I think it was four, five and no, uh, in the, as a, Junior, as a junior middleweight, that he had a job working for Coca-Cola as a mechanic. But being that you're 34 years old, Guero, or Francisco, how far, how long can you think that this, you can keep going that when you have a family and you have kids? It's best you stay and do, take care of your kids first. And, and, and you know what, there. tell me if I'm wrong, but when I seen him fight, he, he had hands. No, no, he he's hands. a very good fighter. But 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 he came back. He went away from it, then came back and wanted to follow his career. So he obviously he came to me and said, "Hey, I can." And so I said, "Well, we'll try it." But he started doing well. But where I saw that, you know, it was going to be tough dealing with family life, supporting all the things he got that you cut have to a few do. Times as well, no. And he got cut. That this might not. This might end up being a short career. But what you did lose is you lose the opportunities to still be providing for your family, giving them the best. Yeah. And, and again, knowing that uh, you, you can do this right now, you might not be able to do that if you keep on fighting and things get rough and you take certain beatings, that yeah. that's going to affect you. You lose all those things that a father has to be to provide for their family. It's going to... Boxing... Fighters, it's, it's a selfish sport. Yeah. It's totally selfish sport. They have to give everything that they have to the sport. Well, everything. What's the old saying? You got to live, eat, and crap. Right. You know, yeah. you're boxing. Boxing it's is boxing. And, and to be able to do that, you, you got to be able to, like, I stand, like we're saying, is that you got to be able to handle the other circumstances that come with life yeah. itself. Yeah. And if that becomes difficult, then decide what's best. What's not only best for you, but for your companion, for who you're with. So let me, let me ask you, this is a personal question here. I might get chewed out, but why is it you feel in some cases, not all cases, 
But some cases, the father-son team doesn't work. In your opinion. Well, be because you're going to get two different versions of what you're trying to do. You're going to get the version, I mean, you're going to be into where you're trying to establish the, how do I say, the improvements? How do I make them better? So I got to keep them totally focused on this one direction. And being that you get certain fathers that really want to be involved with their, you know, sons, daughter, um, they have, might have different ideas because we all have different ideas. Yeah. So they maybe contradict them. They might go from what I say to what they say. So you actually are crossing this young man, young girl's mind to this is right and that is, this is right and that is wrong. Yeah, yeah. So you're so, sort of... You're, so obviously that's why I'm not allowed in the gym when Adrian's sparring? No, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're going to take it, you know, you... You're, you're living in two different worlds. Yeah. You're living in the gym world, and then you're living in the home world. So you got two worlds that you're living in, and you're trying to adjust them. You're trying to make them work. So if you are living in the boxing world, live in the boxing world. And, and, and like yeah. I said, chemistry is everything that you have to believe in the person that's guiding you. You, he has to believe in you, you have to believe in him. And that has to be because at the end of the day, He's going to have to go in, inside that ring and compete. And the only person he's going to have to deal with in every round coming back is the person that That's right. is guiding him. Nobody else can be involved. And this is what I, I notice about the Ben Lyric corner. I, I've seen many fights. As you know, I'm a professional referee. I go into the corner, you'll have three, four voices. And how is a fighter supposed to, and this is just me again, saying my opinion, when you go into Ben Lyric's corner, is one voice, one voice. So that falls back to why fathers are not involved. You know, this is the reason why I say I, I'm letting the cat out of the bag. When Adrian's sparring my son, I'm not allowed in the gym because Ben has trained Adrian over the, the three, four years he's been with him. When you're training, when you're in the fight, you need to look to me, not to daddy, not to mommy, not to your brother, not to your sister. And that's what I like. That's why I, I've never understood to this day, and I've been in the game as an official, not as a trainer, because obviously Nick Martinez will tell you I can't train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told you you can't train. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> but how can you listen, especially in a tough fight? Yeah. You know, when they're oh, going no, through a tough, tough fight, they had just had a bad round maybe. How can you listen to three, four voices? Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to listen to one voice. Because you have to search. You're, you're going to have to search in yourself when it gets tough. Yeah. And... I guess you have, then it's like, okay, what's the voice that has been guiding me? Yeah. That voice. And that's where the trust comes in. And, and again, that's where the, as like we say, the chemistry of what happens to happen. Whether, whatever sport you're in, whatever, whoever manages, the, whoever's the coach of the Lakers or, or the, of the Rams or whatever, True. the chemistry has to be within that person that has the control. It can't come from different ideas because now you have confusion. No matter what, no matter how you, good you are in your sport, no matter what, it still will be the direction that you have to follow. And if you believe in it, then it becomes to where you're going to do as best as you can or, right? Or you tried as much as best as you could.
So, so again, when you have this little different connection, uh, and, and, and in the beginning, what, what sometimes dad don't realize is that what's going to happen as things get more competitive, yeah, yeah. more challenging, and during those times, uncontrolled. Because you all have to do, he's doing this, how do I do that? And how can I overcome what he's doing and vice versa? Yeah. That you're going to say, okay, again, we go back. This is why you have to have that one little certain chemistry. I believe strongly in that. The other part of it, not calling you, but the probably one of the worst ones of everything is saying sometimes dads are fighting their son's fight. And they're not letting the son fight his fight. And I've had assistants or coaches that get up there and will start telling him what he's got to do or yeah. yeah but when I, when you see how exciting i mean how excited they get how emotional they get they're fighting the fight not your son or your daughter the one that's fighting the fight is you we want to also thank our friends at Kelstar Roofing. Kelstar Roofing specializes in residential roofing, installing concrete roofing tiles and composition asphalt shingles. They have been serving the Inland Empire for over 31 years. Call on Kelstar Roofing for all of your roofing needs. Thank our friends at CJ Smiles. CJ Smiles is an organization that supports families dealing with childhood cancer by providing financial support and gifts with the hope of putting a smile to children with fighting cancer. CJ Smiles started in memory of CJ Delfossi, who was diagnosed with rhabdomyosarcoma in 2019. CJ loved to laugh, tell jokes, play soccer, and video games. He had the best smile. For two and a half years, he battled cancer with chemotherapy, radiation, multiple procedures, extensive hospital stays, and had relapsed twice. CJ gained his angel wings at the age of 10 years old. This sponsor, when it came in, um, it pulled some heartstrings, I have to admit. I'm an oncology nurse and um, this one hit home. So again, it pulled my heartstrings and I really want to thank you guys for your support and what you do to, in the community. So before we leave, Ben, tell us real quick about your, your fighters up and coming. Who do you think? And, and, and we'll end it with that. And Well, first of all, I'm working with Sebastian Pondora and Gabby. Um, and we're, we're going to start from the top and, and they're doing really, really well. Yes. Um, she just won a title, no? She just won a title. And uh, again, that chemistry, uh, they went to Big Bear and all of a sudden the dad went to Miami cause he had to take care of some business and he says, take care of my son. And that's really how we started. Yeah. And when he came back two weeks later, he comes to the gym and says, you, you stole my son. I didn't steal him. <laughs> He goes, yes, you did, because he wants you to be part of him. Again, we go back to the little chemistry, because he yeah. likes what I'm giving him, and he, he yes. respects us, and he acknowledges, and all those good things that you need to have. He says, so, you know, so then it came up that he wants you to be working. We want to work together. And that started that um, involvement. And so then after that, so he's doing very well. She's doing great. Um, she fights January the 6th, I believe, and we're fighting Esparza. Supposedly we're fighting uh -huh. in Vegas. So really, really tough fight, but it just shows how tough. She just won the title, and she's going to defend the title within the next month and a half, two months, and one with another, one of the best. So says a lot about her. Uh, and then we go come down, and I got these little products that I got here uh, with your son, Adrian Corona, uh, Juan Sanchez, El Negro. 
uh, and now this young man in Joe Bra Jose Bravo. Which he, he had a great stoppage in the first round. Huh? He's amazing. And again, the idea is, uh, and then of course we have Arnold Barboza Jr. So yeah. Arnold likes coming back. He went for a while. He came back to his roots. But he That's came he's back. saying that. Yeah, he said, he started back and he said, I love, this is my home. This so, has always been my home and I want to come back to being here. So that's why he's here. He's thinking like I'm getting ready for the big, big events, maybe the title fight, but I want to be, I want to come back to where I started. And, and okay. as you know, fans, I, I can't speak on upcoming fights. I can't speak on upcoming because you get those crybabies. Oh, he said this. But with that said, I want to thank you, Ben. I love you, Ben. You're like my dad. I, I wish you all the luck and in your career and in, in the gym. And I just want to thank you for coming on. And you want to say anything to the fans before we leave? Well, I, yeah, other than, you know, root for your favorite. That's right. And, and stay away and, and, uh, and be loyal. Don't go right. and start one and then jump to another one because don't follow all that social media. Sometimes that can change your direction of who's who. So again, Thank you for also having me, Ray. Thank you. Man. And it's kind of neat to be right here doing it here and it, not at some other studio because this I, is our home. I didn't bring it up that I was a champion back in 72, you know. They called me Canvasback Corona, yeah. Piñata, that was my nickname. And I always told you to not wear shoes that had holes in them, remember? That's right, that's because right. Because they're going to see it once you're on the floor. That's right. Keep yourself standing. I got exposed. You know? <laughs> With that said, guys, Get on YouTube, subscribe to Third Man in the Ring. We'll see you next time. God bless.